The, the title of our sermon today is just simply one word, influence. Just one word, influence. If you don't remember anything else, you can remember the title of today's sermon. And what we're going to do, I have three questions that I'm going to ask you today. And then as soon as uh, we ask those three questions, we're going to have a prayer. We're going to dismiss and we'll, we're going to go home. But the, the, what God has placed upon my heart has a direct connection with what we have been experiencing over the last year and a half with the virus and everything that's going on surrounding that. And, and I think that, and it's called a crisis, it's been called a crisis, and, and, and that's, that's an apropos description. But even in times of crisis, I think that we need to look to God and say, Lord, this is a crisis. And, and sometimes they're individual crises, but this is a worldwide crisis. And, and we have questions, and there's confusion, and there's fear. And I'm just going to be very honest with you. There's this question of, um, uh, well, do I wear a mask or don't I wear a mask? Uh, do I get the vaccine or don't, don't I take the, the vaccination? Uh, even this question, should I go to church or should I not go to church? In the 21st century, we're asking Christians, believers, and, and I'm not talking about our church. This is... This is worldwide as far as I know. I can tell you. I've talked to a lot of pastors, and they're all experiencing this same phenomenon. And, and when these crises come up in our life, and, and we don't know what to do, I guess you have two choices. You can make a unilateral decision on your own. I, I, I'm going to do A, B, and C. I'm, I'm going to make that decision. Or we can say, no, time out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, God... This is a crisis. I don't know what to do. You have to help me, God. And God is faithful. And remember, there's a verse in the Bible that I think is one of the most, um, it's just one of the most phenomenal verses. I've memorized it many years ago, and I think about it all the time. It's uh, John 1 and 1. And it, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. God has given us his word. What a, what a great gift. He has given us his word. So if we have God's word, and this word is full of knowledge and power and love, and it has all the answers. I don't have the answers. But the word has the answers. And the word in times of crises can speak to our hearts and tell us what to do when we don't know what to do. And... I have three questions. The first question I want to pose to you this morning is, who has influenced you in your past? Who has influenced you? Now, I'm sure if I took this microphone and started right there with Ben or Jordan, and I said, pass the microphone around, and I say, who, who's, who, who's been the biggest influencer in your life? We would all be able to say somebody, somebody. And... That's a window, that's a gate into how we believe and, and what we think and our belief system. Because if, if we know who's been our influencers in the past, then we know a lot about, number one, our theology. 
what we think about the Bible. Number two, and this is a slippery slope, but I'm going to say it, politics, who you vote for. Number three, uh, parenting. I thought about parenting. You know, your past and those people in your past that have influenced you, those same values you generally instill in your children. So it's, it's that. And then on the academic side, uh, if you've had someone in your past who has inspired you academically, then chances are you're going to excel scholastically and in school. And it, it, it's, it, it goes without saying, if your idol was I, Albert Einstein, you're probably going to be pretty good in school because that was your influencer. So I'm just going to ask you that question. Who has influenced you and got you to the point right now where you are? And I, a few things came to my mind. Of course, parents, but that's a given. That's a given. Let's talk about other than your parents. Well, friends, I mean, I can look back, and, and I had a number of friends that to this day, they were an influence on me. Maybe a boss, maybe a teacher, maybe a counselor, maybe Hollywood. You know, Hollywood is a big influencer on a lot of people. Rock stars. I know this guy, and he's... he's 60-plus years old, but he still gets out his guitar and listens to ZZ Tops, and he wants to be like ZZ Tops because, you know, that's, that's who has influenced him. And, and you know, I, I also, when I think about influencers, I think about my grandchildren. I have five grandchildren, and four of them were at my house this week for a long time. Can you say amen, Sister Deborah? Well, we were glad to have them. Glad to see them come. Glad to see them go. We, we were glad to have them. <laughs> I love every one of them. But you know what? You know what I discovered in this past week? Well, actually, I knew it before this week. I would hope that on my grandchildren that they would be influenced by their mom, their dad, maybe their grandma, their grandpa. You know, what I, you know who influences my grandkids right now? Who's the biggest influencer on my grandkids? An iPad. An iPad. They are addicted to those devices, and we try to monitor and say, set that aside. We need to talk. But, you know, it must be kind of addictive. addictive. Uh, and it concerns me from time to time, and it's something we need to be careful of. But that's what influences them. And I can see that. And I have a, a family member who is deceased now, but he lived in Ohio. The weirdest thing, you know what influenced him? Is my cousin, Dave Payton. You know what his biggest influencer was? A labor union. He was a card-carrying member of Local 2116, United Steelworkers of America. And whatever the union said to do, I'm going to do. You know, union, live, work, work better, live whatever they say, live better, work union, something like that. So he was, he was a union man, not a company man. He was, whatever the union says do, I'm going to do. It's not, not like he had independent thinking. And I remember one time, and this was, oh, five, six years ago, I was in Huntington, West Virginia on a business trip, and I got in the car to drive down to visit family. My cousin Dave and his wife Velma is about 50 miles from Huntington. I had one afternoon. I was, Nothing was really going on on this trip, so I got in the car and I drove down and knocked on the door. They were surprised to see me. We sat out on the porch and we had a talk, and, it, and I love Dave and I love Velma, 
But anytime you sit down and talk with Dave, it's, the conversation is only going to go one direction. And he's going to want to talk about religion and politics and the union. And I know, uh-oh, when that happens, I, I feel uncomfortable, but I know i got to stand up for what, what, what I think is right. And, you know, and there was, there's two big issues that are all mixed in there and, uh, with Dave, and he always, somehow, it always gets around to this, the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. It always, those are the two big ones. And, you know, my cousin Dave, his position on those two issues was way over here. My position was way over here. And I just had to say, Dave, this is what the Bible says. I have to do what the Bible says. You need to do what the Bible says. But you know, people, they have their, uh, they have their standard responses. And his standard response was, well, that's your interpretation of the Bible. It's not my interpretation. We all, we all can have our own interpretation of the Bible. And um, so I discovered that in, in his life, one of the biggest influencers in his life was not the Bible. It was something else. Something else drove his belief system. And it caused him to think a certain way. Didn't matter what the Bible says. And, and let me just say one thing about the Bible. The, Bible's, the theology of the Bible is always very simple to understand. And if anyone tries to make it complex to you, don't, don't believe it. The Bible is very simple. It means what it says. It means what it says. And the scriptures are very clear on many, many issues. Now, on some issues, the Bible remains silent on. And we have to recognize that and understand that. But on some of the big issues that, uh, that people are grappling with today, the Bible is very clear. And we just have to do what the Bible says. Now, can I bring this down and get real personal with you this morning and talk to you about me and tell you who my biggest influencer was, at least theologically, in the last 20 years? And it's a pastor in New York City, and his name is Jim Cimbala. That guy, and it's not him, it's God working through him. But I remember when Chad was, I think he was about 19 years old, he had a book written by Jim Cimbala, and it was called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And Deborah and I were going on a cruise. It was a wedding anniversary. I think maybe it was our 25th. And Chad gave me that book, and he says, Here, Dad, you need to read this. My son telling me, Here, Dad, you need to read this. So I stuck it in the, um, I stuck it in the, in, the, in the suitcase, went on the cruise, got on the ship, and we were out in the, Caribbean and you know it's that beautiful emerald water and I remember one morning getting up early and I grabbed that book out of that suitcase and I went up on deck and I sat down in, in one of those nice chairs and I looked at that beautiful ocean I could see over the rail of the ship and the, and the sky and all that beautiful water going by and I opened that book and I started to read it and I didn't get very far till the tears this was, this was very uncharacteristic of me, but that's the kind of impact that book had upon me. And, and the tears just started running down my face. And it's one of those situations where I had to read the thing from, I couldn't put it down. And that book was an influencer in my life, and it changed my life. It changed my life. And since then, we've got to know Pastor Simbola, Pastor Hammond, some of the folks up at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. They've always been so kind to us. And they've helped us in so many ways understand what the Bible says and understand what the Bible doesn't say. 
You know, I, I grew up in a little church out in Ohio, and, and, you know, I was born in the 50s. And when I would go to church, Grandma would be there, and the dress would be down to her, her ankles, and she would have a bun in her hair, and she would start shouting, and the bobby pins would start flying. And they were wonderful people, but culturally, uh, that in that era, they taught me some things that just were not true, that I was supposed to believe came out of the Bible. And thanks to Pastor Simbola, he helped us. And he said, no, he said, no, you have to stri stick with the Bible. You can't, you, if you go beyond the Bible, that's as bad as not doing what the Bible says. You have to stay right with the Bible. You can do just as much damage when you go beyond the Bible and you try to force your opinion or your culture or your political, political correctness on somebody else. And he helped me understand that, and I've always been so grateful. So he was my influencer. But you know the person who was the most influ influential person that ever lived was Yahshua Hamashiach in the Hebrew. In the English, it's Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Messiah, the most influential person that ever walked on the face of the earth. And I've been reading my Bible, and I read a story in, my, in the Bible the other day. It's contained in the, in the Gospels, in three of the Gospels, not the, I don't think it's four. But it was a story about Jesus and the disciples and how they came in one day for ministry, and they were tired, and they were hungry. And Jesus said, he took the disciples, he said, here, get in this boat and, and go with me, and we'll go someplace where we can rest and eat, get away from the crowd. And they did, and guess what? The people followed them. And the, the people followed them. And Jesus, in the boat, he looked out on the people, thousands and thousands of people. And the Bible says he had compassion on them. So he, he, he got off the boat, and he talked to his disciples, and he, he said, uh, we need to feed these people. And they said, feed, how, how are we going to feed them? No, don't feed them. Send them to the nearest towns, to the nearest village. Let them go to McDonald's. Let them go to Chick-fil-A. You know, we, we can't do that. No, Jesus says, we'll feed them. What do we got? And they came up with a couple fish and a couple loaves. And the Bible says with that, they fed the 5,000. You talk about somebody who was influential. And that was just the men, not counting the women and children. Who knows? It could have been ten or 12,000 or maybe more. But, but it was... Now, think about this. Jesus did not have a sound system. He didn't have a microphone. He didn't have a beautiful building. He didn't have lights. He had nothing other than his own amazing charismata. And that's what drew the people to him. And that's why he was the most amazing influencer that ever lived. But that's question number one. Who's influencing you? Who's influencing you? Who, who has influenced you? Question number two that I want to pose is, who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? Because chances are the people that influenced you, that same belief system is being passed from you to others. And, and, and you're instilling that in others. And you might think, well, I'm, I'm just me. I don't influence anyone. You know, nobody pays attention to me. And I don't think so. If you claim to be a Christian, people are watching your life, whether you know it or not. They're, they're watching. And many times they're just waiting for you to slip up so you can 
so, so they could say, uh-huh, look, he says he's a Christian, but. And I had something happen to me about a week and a half ago um, where I was out to lunch with a friend of mine, and we went to his favorite uh, fast food restaurant, and we got this thing called a meal deal. And along with the meal deal, we were going to split it. And along with the meal deal, you got a quart of sweet tea. So that was the deal. And, and we paid for it, and they gave us a couple cups. Well, we went to the restaurant. We sat down, and my friend, because he knows I'm a cola-holic, he took my cup, went to the soda machine, and filled it up with my favorite adult beverage, Coca-Cola. And he brought it back. And I, I didn't think nothing of it. I started to drink, and we were starting to eat. And suddenly, out of nowhere, and I think it must have been God kind of convicting me, I thought, we didn't pay for this. I'm, I'm drinking something here that I didn't pay for. We paid for the tea, but we didn't pay for the Coke. So we were sitting there eating, and I told my friend, I said, you know, we, we didn't pay for this Coke. And I said, I'm going to go pay for it right now. And he, he said to me, hey, they'll never know. They don't care. Well, maybe that's true. They didn't care, but Jesus caused me to care. And I got up out of my seat, and I walked around there, and I went back to the counter, and I laid down my dollar, and I told the guy, I'm here, I'm going to pay for this. And he took it. And, but you see, that was an opportunity. I, I, I hope that I was a positive influence on my friend. I hope that he walks away realizing that, you know, that wasn't right. And, and, and sometimes you've got to make these things right. So that's my second question. First question is, who has influenced you? Second question, who are you influencing? Now the third question, and this is the most important question. Have you been a good influence? Have you been a good influence? And that gets me really to what I want to talk about this morning, this afternoon. This business of the crisis that we're going through. Unparalleled, worldwide. Never experienced anything like this before lockdowns, uh, no school, uh, kids are going to school on computers. Uh, it's just unprecedented. And you know, just when you think that this thing, this nightmare is coming to an end, boy, they hit you, they hit you with, oh no, there's a new strand out there. It's a new strand and we don't know if the vaccination is going to be good, uh, good enough to take care of this new strand. And to me, it's all very confusing. And it's very confusing because one, one week they say this. One week the, the CDC says this. One week uh, the governor says this. Uh, and then the next week, oh, wait, no, now we're going to say something else. And you just don't know what to believe. And it's very confusing. And, you know, I stopped to think about that. And when you really boil it down to the basics... That's the world. Confusion reigns in the world. That's, that's the world. But, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. That confusion that I see out there in the world, it's, it's slowly creeping into the church. And it, and it shouldn't. And, and many believers are, you know, as we go through this crisis, they don't know what to do. What should I do? Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Should I be vaccinated? Should I not? They just don't know what to do. But I was reading my Bible, and I came across a verse, and I want you to listen to this. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 
33. And my Bible said that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of evil. God is not the author of sin. And God is not the author of fear. And those things that are, prev that are, that are so pervasive out in the world that is trying to creep into the church, God didn't have, he didn't, he's not the author. He, he's not the author. So if God's not the author, where is all this uh, coming from? Well, you have to look to the Bible again. And the Bible says in uh, John 10.10, 10, another very familiar verse, and I call this jo Satan's job description. It says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There's the source of the confusion. There's the source of the fear. Doesn't come from God. It's coming from Satan because that's his job. That's what he does best. Now, you know what I... You know what I really think about this? What I really think, and, and I think God kind of laid this on my heart to, to share with you today. Think about this. It's really not the crisis that we're going through. It's really not the crisis. It's never the crisis. The thing that is most important to God is how you and I react to the crisis. How are we reacting to the crisis? Are we trusting God? Are we putting our faith in God? Are we reading our Bible? Are we getting our direction from God? Or do we unilaterally just say, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to make that decision. No. No. You have to trust in God. Now, if the musicians would come. My responsibility here today is not to change your mind on any issue. That's not what I'm trying to do. That's not my job. And um, if I tried to change your, your mind, we're all different. We are, we're all different. God made us different. That's just the way it is. But if I tried to change your mind on any issue, I can tell you right now, I would fail miserably. And you know what? Chances are you probably get mad at me. Honestly, you probably get mad at me. But this is the way I view it. My job is to point you to the cross and hopefully you will discover what God's will is for your life in this unprecedented time. Now, if you want to be a good influencer, let me tell you what the ingredients are. And it's found in the Bible. And it's found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Listen to this. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. We're all different. God made us different. But we have to love one another. Don't be upset at me because I may have a certain belief. And, and I shouldn't be upset at you because maybe you feel differently. Because the fruit of the Spirit, that's God's DNA that is inside of us. That's what makes us one. And that's what Satan is out to destroy. That's really what his goal is. All this, forget the crisis. Let me tell you, these, these crises will come and go. 
This one will be over, but who knows? Next year, it'll be something else. And after that, it'll be something else. Jesus is not interested in the crisis. He could care less about the crisis. What he is interested in is how do you handle it? What what he's saying is, are you going to trust in me through this troubled time? The whole world's turned upside down. I created the whole world. Trust in me. Look to me. Have faith in me. Look, I can take care of you. I can can take care of you. If you'll just give me the chance. If you'll just give me the opportunity. And that's what I wanted to leave you with this morning. This has been... uh, 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 presented in the context of this worldwide crisis that we're going through. But maybe there's a personal crisis that you're going through. Maybe you're here today and the bottoms fell out. The rug has been pulled out from under you. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. Well, let me give you a little bit of advice. Remember this one thing. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Always, always, always go back to the Word in your time of crisis. Always look to God. Read your Bible. Pray. Say, God, I need help. I can't handle this. You know, that's that's the one thing I think that touches God's heart more than anything. When he sees that we're desperate and we're in trouble and we have nowhere to turn but to him, somehow, some way, up in the heavenlies, that touches the heart of God. That touches the heart of God. And he looks down and with a hand extended, he is saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'll help you. You can do this. We'll do this together. Fear not. And you know, one of the things that really uh, concerns me about the crisis that we're going through here with this virus is the fear, the fear that grips people's hearts. And I'm very concerned about that. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be... uh, Uh, concerned or cavalier with this or anything like that but what I am saying is that the Bible says fear not and it says it repeatedly over and over and over again fear not in any situation fear not I mean I've read the Bible I one time I read the Bible and I went through and I underlined in my Bible every time it said fear not I underlined that and there was hundreds hundreds of times in in so many situations where God said Don't be afraid. Fear not. I'm here. I'm with you. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't think, well, I know. I never saw, I never read a verse in the Bible where God says, okay, partner, now you need to be afraid. I never saw that. It's quite the opposite. He's all the time saying, don't be afraid. And don't let the fear that uh, that we're living through and we have been through in the last 18 months, don't let it, don't let it disable you. Don't let it grip your heart. Don't let it uh, cause you to believe things that, that are displeasing to God. Remember, he is faithful. He is true. His word is true. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. I think I'm going to go a step further. If you're here today 
and you're going through something. I don't know what it is. There's a crisis in your life. And you need God. You need, you need his help. You need, you need him. If you would just come down here, I'd just love to pray with you. If, if you would just come down, I'd love to pray with you. If there's anyone at all, I, and you're going through something, just feel free. I'm going to have um, the choir come up. I'm sure they've got a song ready. Come on up, singers. We're going to have a song. I want them to sing a song, and then after that, I'm going to come back, have a prayer, and then we're going to dismiss, and we're going to go home. And I just want you to remember, God is faithful. His word is true. The crises will come, and the crises will go. God, God never changed. He, he will never change. He will always be there for you no matter what.